Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. What a save! in with the glove. Unbelievable! McDavid, 500 points! Now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. This is a little bit obscene in terms of what the Edmonton Oilers are doing on the power play. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. Kevin Bouchard with a little snapshot from the right point. I'm James Neal. Start on this. Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades! Mike Smith, Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. Unbelievable. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Connor McDavid wins the game for Edmonton. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. 50 minutes left in the NHL trade deadline. Bob Stoffer with you with a cast of thousands, including Reed Wilkins, Hart Levine. We've heard from Rob Brown, Oilers Radio Network, John Shannon, the newest member of our, the Edmonton Oilers, Dmitry Kulikov. And that is our top story for legacy heating and cooling. With no payments and no interest for one year, that's how you build a legacy legacy heating and cooling. Keep texting us, 780-496-0063. Ashley Pine Floors text line. Find everything you'll need for your next flooring program. Project at 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or at AshleyFineFloors.com. The Edmonton Oilers picking up Dmitry Kulikov for a conditional fourth-round pick in 2022. It can become a third-round pick based on the Oilers' success and Kulikov's usage come playoff time. Uh, in the next uh, hour of the show, you will hear from Oilers play-by-play voices, both Jack Michaels and Camoon, along with Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers, and in mere moments on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. In fact, right here, right now, we go to the one and only Reed Wilkins. All right, Reed, we got about five minutes. Let's make it count. So the Oilers have done the deal for Kulikov. You've heard him. Uh, I know you put out some numbers on the PK. We know he's going to play. What do you think else... Ken Holland is working on here in the next 45 to 50 minutes. Okay, well, first of all, I'll, I'll go over the, the penalty killing stats, and I, I enjoyed his answer to you when you said, do you play on the, how much do you play on the penalty killing? And he said pretty much all the penalty killing that can be played on. 
Now, here's the thing. He plays two and a half minutes per game on the penalty kill. He did with the Devils to lead the team. So that shows he gets a lot of work in that situation. And the Oilers are not a great team killing penalties, as we know. I mean, they're exactly in the middle of the pack in the NHL, 16th at 79%. But here's the thing that might be a little concerning about Kulikov, and I I know there are other guys on the ice. Uh, The Devils have the worst penalty kill in the NHL, and no one played on it more than he did at 71.1%. So I'll maybe have to dive into that uh, a little more and see uh, how often he was on the ice for uh, actually goals against. But anyway, that's that. What else is Ken Holland working on? Well, that's a good question, Bob. I, I mean, look, we, we know the themes for this year with the cap space, and we know that the Oilers' biggest needs uh, are players that cost money that the Oilers don't have and really assets that they're probably not going to be willing to give up if you want to talk about a top-six scoring winger. Um, I, I mean, could said he feels like they have enough depth and if you look it up front, they, and, and what he means by that is not that they have a lot of depth scoring. They have a lot of depth players. I mean, they, they have a lot of fourth liners. They have a lot of guys who can come in and out of the lineup. So they're, they're not looking to add any of those. He has said that he would like experience. Kulikov fits the bill there, 715 yep. games. So I would just wonder if, if he would perhaps look to get somebody late 20s early 30s who's you know over five six hundred games maybe has played in the playoffs who could be a bit of a support player which which i know is still kind of a depth player i mean i mean look i I, there were some very very light rumblings like very light i wouldn't even call them rumblings about eric stall in the oilers and then a couple of weeks he went to the montreal Canadiens, and and i think that's the type of player who's going to help the habs could the oilers get somebody with that pedigree uh, I doubt it, but maybe you could get somebody in that neighborhood with games played under his belt. Um, to so me, yeah, by that, the way, that, I mean Reed, they're not going to they're not going to be a headline team, obviously, especially at this point. Reed, to me, one of the things that you mentioned that the uh, the New Jersey penalty kill. And whenever I think of teams that struggle on the penalty kill, I look at faceoffs. And one of my concerns for the Oilers is they've only got one faceoff guy that's over fifty percent, and that's Leon Dreisaitl. And he can't, you know, if he's going to have to be out there to start every PK come playoff time, he's going to have to play 24, 25 minutes a game. Well, because, you know, no, seriously, because look at you're, I mean, you're right. Like they don't and have I, nobody else wins draws consistently. Read on the on the PK. Well, and that's why I think when you look at these moves, you also have to look down at at the trick. You have to look at the trickle down effect for the entire roster. So Kulikov, okay, is that like a, a sexy a sexy trade that's uh, you know going to make the the Oilers uh, defense more mobile and and uh, more dynamic and all that kind of stuff? No, but it moves other guys down. And that I think you make a great point about the faceoffs because they're leaning on Drysital so much and if he's starting in the defensive zone and i mean he's you know it's still you, you still lose but what he still loses nine out of every 20 draws so if that's a lost one in the own end that's still lost time where he's not being able to go on the attack and you got to try to get the puck back and, and you're right the penalty killing has been hurt by lost face-offs on the PK where they don't clear the puck and the other team gets to set up right away so i i would think if they could get Somebody who can win faceoffs, and I, I it's correct, but I, I'm interested as you think. I mean, for me, Bob, it'd be, you'd still like a right shot, even yes. though I guess that means you still have to lean on dry settle perhaps on on his strong side. But I, I mean, here's the thing: it, does it come down to Bob? Are you looking for somebody who bumps Gaetan Haas out of the lineup? 
if, if we're looking for the trickle-down effect? Is is that really the type of player that the Oilers are looking for? And, and maybe is there is, someone affordable? What we should mention, you mentioned Eric Stahl, so trickle-down effect. He goes off to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Matthias Janmark, the Vegas Golden Knights get him. Carl Soderberg has just been reacquired from Chicago to Colorado. He, that's another guy that can take face-offs that's sort of off the mix here. Does Glenn Denning end up in play? Does Brandon Sutter, who's uh, you know currently on the NHL COVID protocol list, and what about Calgary's Derek Ryan and would Calgary even trade him and the Oilers don't have much in terms I mean is Edmonton looking at a sixth round pick they just traded a fourth rounder in 2022 do they want to trade a fourth rounder when they don't have a second and third in 2021 time will tell Reed we'll get uh, we got to work a lot of other guests in the show we'll talk to you again at the top of the next hour let's uh, see what happens here over the next 45 minutes thanks Bob 12-16 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, Oilers Now, uh, brought to you on a daily basis by our friends at Digitex. Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. When we come back in Oilers Now, we'll hear from one of the two Oilers radio play-by-play voices with his thoughts, Jack Michaels. You're listening to Oilers Now, NHL trade deadline day coverage. You're listening to special coverage of the NHL trade deadline brought to you by Touchback Safety only on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Here's Bob Stoffer. It's, it's hard to get points from the blue line um, if you're not on the power play. Uh, so maybe there, the point production kind of went down um, since, the, since then. Uh, but I, I would say that I'm still all those things that I was when I broke into the league. You know, I'm, I'm fast. I can, I can move the puck. I'm playing physical. Uh, that is Dmitry Kulikov, the newest acquisition of the Edmonton Oilers, who mentioned that he grew up and one of the players he loved watching was Darius Kasparaitis, who is a hard rock, hard nosed player. That's our Oilers Now Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear, supporting local and Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. We bring aboard Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network, one of the team's two radio play-by-play voices, and he's also involved with NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sports. And Jack, how you doing? Well, I thought that was interesting because, as you can imagine, Bob, I went through a real, I guess it would be hate-love relationship with Darius Kasparitis growing up. Yeah, well, and, and he is a guy that... Uh, and, and that's to the Penguins. It, you know, he was one of the guys who really went after Lemieux and, and uh, some of the guys that I really enjoyed watching growing up. Uh, but then, of course, he came over and all of a sudden you loved him. Similar to Old Samuelson, if you really think about it. One yeah. of the greatest deadline deals ever. I, I got to tell you, I've, I liked Kasparitis more as a player than Samuelson. I mean, he just, Samuelson, he ended Pierre Mondu's career raking him across the eye with a stick like he did some stuff. I had more time for Kasparitis. Kaspar, to me, Kasparitis was a pluckier player, Jack. Like, he would stand up for himself and, you know, he could take a, he, he, there's just something about him. Uh, your thoughts on the acquisition of Dmitry Kulikov? Well, I think it's an underrated aspect of it for Bob would be the flexibility it offers the Oilers in terms of game situation and, you know, how the general team is playing and how other guys are playing. What I mean by this is everyone assumes, and and to some degree rightfully so, that he's going to slot in alongside Adam Larson on the second pair. 
But it now gives Dave Tippett the option. If he really, and we've heard him say all year long how important a player Ethan Bear is. Well, theoretically, if you wanted to get Bear going and, and bring his game up to what it was last year, you now have the flexibility, I think, to play him with a guy like Darnell Nurse for the next few games, and all of a sudden, Kulikov slides along alongside Tyson Berry, theoretically. And it doesn't hurt you, you know, that much defensively because Kulikov is a rock-solid defenseman. And you could then keep Russell and Larson together if you like that pair. Or late-game situation, you could put Nurse and Larson together and still have Kulikov as that presence with Barry still able to extricate the puck out of the zone so you don't have to necessarily call an extra timeout or, or you have a little bit more flexibility in the final, let's say, three or four minutes of a game. I, I like what it does because it allows – it makes everyone else better, and 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 that's you know part of what of course Mark Spector and John Shannon touched on is you know Chris Russell returns to maybe a more comfortable role for him. He's soon to be 34. Kulikov has played almost as many games as Chris Russell, but he's still only 30 years old. Uh, he's had the poise to you know come into the NHL and play right away at the age of 18. He's had the poise to play uh, for real viable contenders like Winnipeg in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and he's also uh, had the experience of playing playoff games for for kind of uh, under-the-radar playoff threats like Florida. So I I think it's a good acquisition, and one of the things that hasn't been talked about is that I really like about it is maybe the flexibility of getting some other guys going. Um, hmm. Going to be some interesting. Just Jack, I got time for two more quick questions here for you over the next next three minutes. if the Oilers do something, will it be for a right shot center further down the lineup or potentially an add on left wing? What do you think? It depends what's out there, Bob. I mean, again, similar to Kulikov, you have to decide. And, and here's what I'm thinking, you know, Ken Holland, Dave Tippett t- determined is Kulikov would be an upgrade on either Jones or Lagason as the option on the left side. So what you need to do is what is out there that's an upgrade on what you already have? Is it, you know, I mean, are they in on the Luke Lindenning deal? That would certainly make the most sense in terms of, you know, when you connect the dots uh, with, with Ken Holland already having made a deadline acquisition for a player he had once had, you know, in his organization uh, in Athanasiu last year. That didn't pan out, uh, but, you know, it's hard to overlook Luke Lindenning's 63% faceoff percentage in the circle. So I, I think it just depends on what's out there and is it an upgrade? And that's, that's really what you have to ask yourself because you're still talking about a team that's lost two games in regulation over its last 11 and they were both rescheduled games. I mean, the Oilers are playing really well right now. So I, I think you really have to be careful about adding too many pieces that aren't necessarily upgrades over what you already have. I think Kulikov is an upgrade. They've determined that they like him in that spot more than either Caleb Jones or William Lagesson. Now you've got to find another player that you really feel is a significant upgrade. If it's not, I think it's best to you know wait it out, especially because you don't have, as, as you point out, you don't have a ton of assets. And, you know, I mean... It, like you said, a fourth-round pick would seem to be the one price that Ken Holland is willing to pay right now, Bob. But if you give that up, 
you've now got a huge gap between your first round pick, which is going to be somewhere around, you know, 21, 22, and your next pick, which would be somewhere around, what, 192. Yeah, keep an eye on Buffalo, who've got multiple picks, and you wonder whether or not they could get a two, a second, a third, and a fifth for a late first time. I'll tell in that regard. Jack, final one. Uh, who did better, Boston getting Hall or Toronto getting Felino? And remember, the Leafs gave up what's going to be a late number one, and Boston gave up what's going to ultimately be a late number two. Well, more than anything, it shows you how you know how far. Taylor Hall's, you know, stock has fallen. If you can't get a first-round pick, I'm not going to blame the Sabers because I'm sure if they could have gotten a first-round pick for him, they would have. But I would say it's Hall because Hall is something Boston doesn't have. Toronto already has Jason Spezza, Joe Thornton, and Wayne Simmons. If you're looking for veteran leadership who can still produce. So they got more of what they already have. Now, of course, one of the reasons they made the acquisition is they like the effect those three players have had on their team. But they've just added another guy. So that's the only that's that's the primary reason I'm I'm going with Boston on this is number one, I don't think, you know, Taylor Hull is gonna continue along the path of Kobe Reader. I mean, he's had that kind of historically bad season in terms of volume of shots compared to the ones that have actually gone in. And also Boston doesn't you know, Boston they're adding a weapon they didn't already have. Toronto has just added another complimentary piece of veteran leadership, which I'm not shrugging off, but they paid a price for it. And, Bob, I I know what you're saying, but if you look at that trade, Samuelson and Francis pushed the Penguins over the top. Oh, there's no question. I just don't like the player. I mean, I love. I understand. Op- I, understand. Op- I, I actually. I had to stick up for Alfie. <laughs> it's your, it's your Penguins. Look, man. The bottom line is, it's impossible not to like. I like, I like Alf Samuelson as a guy. I've met him as a guy. I hated what he did to Pierre Mondu. It was one of the cheapest plays in NHL history. So there you go. Hey, Jack. Great stuff. Thanks for your time, my man. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. You bet. Let's go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Company branded apparel along with products and awards all created in-house. Edmonton owned and operated. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Today is NHL trade deadline day. Here is the latest update with the trades with Brandon Escott. Yeah, so we'll start uh, just with everything that's happened today. It got going between uh, the Chicago Blackhawks as I find the right part of the page here. Chicago Blackhawks uh, sending Matthew Highmore to Vancouver for Adam Gaudet, that followed shortly by the Oilers, of course, acquiring Dmitry Kulikov for that uh, 2022 conditional fourth rounder out of New Jersey. San Jose Sharks acquired goaltender Magnus Chorna from Tampa Bay in exchange for Freddie Clayson. And the uh, Colorado Avalanche getting Carl Soderberg from Chicago in exchange for Josh Dickinson and Ryder Rolston. Last night, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired uh, Felino in a three-way trade uh, that involved the San Jose Sharks. They gave up a fifth a fourth, uh, sorry, a first and a fourth directly to Columbus and a fourth to San Jose, and they end up only having to pay 25% of uh, uh, Nick Foligno's uh, contract, and the Boston Bruins acquired not just Taylor Hall, but also Curtis Lazar in a deal for Honors Bjork, who I know at one time uh, Pete Chiarelli, and for that matter, Keith uh, Gretzky, were pretty high on and just a second round pick. It is off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Coming up in the next half hour segment, we're moving some people 
circle around here. It's a tough half hour. Louis DeBrusque uh, from Sportsnet along with Ken Bookham Danico out of New Jersey to talk about the Oilers' acquisition of Dmitry Kulikov. Eileen up next. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.